Well, welcome again, especially those of you watching online live right now with us. Uh, this is our pre-kickoff to our new series starting next week called Living New. And I got to tell you, I'm so excited about this. We've been working on this for over a year. It's been in, uh, in the making. And it's a chance for us really to focus on spiritual growth. Uh, we kicked off this year with a theme, and we said we want to be a disciple and grow others, all right? We want to be a faithful follower of the Lord. We want to grow spiritually, and we want to help others grow spiritually. And so this next series is going to be 13 weeks, starting next week, 13 weeks of focusing on spiritual growth, which is so key uh, to so much of our life. And wherever you're at spiritually, I don't, I don't know whether you do not know the Lord yet, maybe you'll be coming to faith today or in the, in the near future, or whether you've been walking with Jesus for years, uh, there's something for everybody. And we're going to trust that God is going to take us all as individuals and as a community through a growth spurt as we focus on some very basic elementary doctrines of the faith, but also some very uh, clear understandings of how we need to see ourselves as we're growing spiritually, because spiritual growth is exciting, and it's fruitful, and it's rewarding. And I asked a bunch of us recently, I just went around a bunch of CVCers, put some stuff online, said, what excites you about growing spiritually? And these were just some of the responses. Someone said, experiencing how real God is, and then helping others experience how real God is. Another person, uh, becoming more like Christ. Another person, a stronger peace in decision-making and a greater depth in a relationship with my Savior. Another person said, multiplied joy. That was the, they said, multiplied joy. I was like, wow, that's good. Um, another, the opportunity to develop, then display the character of Jesus to my family and friends. Another person, I've experienced enough crisis to see how a spiritual foundation makes a difference in those moments of pain irritation, fatigue, and difficulty. Another person, I learned that if you aren't growing, you're actually regressing. So spiritually, that's an exciting principle for me because I don't want to go backwards, all right? And lastly, uh, uh, the, the huge generational impact it's had on my children and hopefully theirs and so on, breaking the cycle of divorce on both sides of our family as we walk with Christ as a family. And so we can go on and on and on about the benefits, the joy, the expressions of growing in faith. It's an exciting thing. Now, for you to maximize what we're going to be doing in the next three months, uh, we're asking you to do three things. And, and we mentioned this last week, but we're coming back around to make sure that we understand what we're signing up for, basically. One, we're asking you to be at church for 13 weeks, all right? Don't miss any. If you do happen to miss one because you've got a commitment of some sort, then watch it online, watch it live, wherever you're at, uh, like these folks are doing right now, or um, listen to the podcast. Just, just catch up with whatever you missed if you happen to miss, but try not to miss. Second, get in a life group. Uh, this is a time where we definitely receive instruction. We look at God's word together. One person's the dominant voice. We kind of talk. But it's so important, it's so critical to get in community when you're with other people and talking together and doing life together and learning together. So get in a life group. We have all sorts of life groups, men's, women's, mixed, special interest, and they meet you know, almost every day or night of the week. And so uh, today is a group connect. Uh, you'll see a large tent out in the front if you didn't. And at that tent, we have some of our community life leaders, and they'll help you find a group that best fits your needs or time or schedule. And um, uh, we also have a mobile app. And so if you just want to get online and just kind of look around at if there's a group meeting on your schedule or in your region, uh, use our mobile app to find a life group and sign up through there. But get into a life group. So be at church, get in a life group. And thirdly, you want to pick up a living new book. Uh, these are finally in. They came in. They're, we're stocked. We're ready to roll. Uh, we're grateful because it took a little, a little bit of uh, some maneuvering to make that happen for this Sunday. And so this book is 13 weeks of study, five lessons a week. 
look, if we're going to grow, it takes effort. We've got to raise the bar. And so we encourage you to get one of these books. It's a suggested donation of five bucks. If you don't have money, that's not the point. Pick up a book. Um, we're only trying to cover the cost of our printing. We're not trying to make any money. Just five bucks, suggest donation, but get a book. And then get into the five lessons a week because you will grow. If you're in church, in a life group, in this book, you're going to grow. And that's our hope for, for you guys. So with that being said, uh, who are two people that are going to be in a life group that these books are yours? Like the first hands I see. All right, so one right here. Okay, and over here. All right, first books I see. Those are yours, you guys. And try to listen to the sermon. Don't like just get lost in the book. All right, Kim, I know how you are. Should be like halfway done by the time I'm done. Anyways, so uh, enjoy that. I really believe that God is going to uh, deepen our roots and grow us spiritually. Now, speaking of growth, how do you know when you grow? What's the evidence of growth? Uh, one of our favorite traditions, every year, we try to get over to Lakeside uh, at some point in time, uh, just for a couple days over by Marblehead. And uh, one of my wife's favorite traditions when we get to Lakeside is there's a little ice cream shop there, and they have this ice cream wall, you know, uh, ruler on the wall. And so every year, she's been having the kids take, you know, the kids like, oh, mom, you know, and they, okay, they stand there, and she takes the picture, and she's comparing from where they were before, right? And so what's our hope? That they're a little taller, even though it's kind of like mingled emotion, because it's like, wow, they're growing up. Wow, they're growing up. That's less time. Then she starts to boo-hoo and you know, all that kind of stuff. What do the kids hope when they get up against that thing? Well, they better be taller than the last time, right? They want to see growth. Because growth brings mutual joy. This year, Cruz officially, out, you know, from last year, he was neck and neck with mom. He was bragging like, now I'm actually taller than my mom. So he's really, but that brings joy. It brings joy to us as parents because we expect and want growth for our kids. And it brings the kids joy because if they get up to that thing against the wall and they're taller, it brings them joy. Look, when we grow spiritually, it brings the Father joy. It brings the Father joy when he sees us grow. You know, physically, maybe you had something, you know, maybe you had little notches on a wall or a doorpost, or maybe it was the high waters on your pants that gave the clue, whatever it was. But um, it, it, it gives you joy when you grow spiritually, and it gives the Father joy when we grow spiritually. And so how do we measure that growth? Well, we've been talking about this fruit of new life. Now, these are six characteristics that we believe uh, we will grow in as we mature spiritually. Each one of these little seeds, these color seeds on that logo, represent one of those, those fruits of new life that we would start to see ourselves as a beloved child. We would start to see ourselves as a self-feeder, as a servant, as an investor, as a disciple, as a missionary. And so these are terms that we're using. But really, the whole concept of spiritual growth is just embedded in the Word of God everywhere. And so you, we can articulate it different and all those kinds of things, but God wants us to grow. So we're just trying to focus the next three months and say, let's just try to, as a community and as an individuals in that community, try to grow spiritually. And so we're calling us to that. We're calling us to that. And I want to take you to a passage that, and of course there's so many, but I want to take you to one passage in this like pre-kickoff day to talk about spiritual growth. So I want to invite you into that passage. It's found in Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. We're a Bible teaching church. Uh, we hope you guys are bringing your Bibles. We're not going to be that church that tells you what to believe. We want you to open up the Word of God, see it for yourself. And so open up to the book of Colossians chapter 1. And this is a, a, a letter that God had the Apostle Paul write to some new believers in the city of Colossae. And uh, he was encouraging them. He was instructing them. It's a great writing. And so I invite you to open up your Bibles with me. And for some reason, if you're here today and you don't actually own a Bible, you don't, you don't have a Bible in your home, your car, anywhere, grab one for free on your way out. We'd love to give you one. But join me in Colossians chapter 1. We're just going to read the first 14 verses. I want you to look for language. 
that indicates spiritual growth. We're going to go back through and, and dissect it a little bit. First, Paul. This is identifying the author. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints. Now, whenever you see that word saints, uh, we're not talking about dead people that you pray to. Saints is a biblical term to living people who follow Jesus. So whenever you see the word saints in the Bible, it's a reference to people who know and love Jesus Christ. They're, they're followers of Christ. That's what it means to be a saint. So to the saints, the followers of Christ, and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, all the fellow believers, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you've heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel which has come to you as indeed in the whole world if it's bearing fruit and growing as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God and truth. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, this is the guy who started this church, uh, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking, and here's the prayer, that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints and light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Would you pray with me? Lord, your word is amazing. God, forgive us for neglecting the spiritual nourishment that you've provided. This is Pastor Nate prayed earlier. Forgive us when we, 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 forgive us when we think of um, and dismiss the love that you have for us, Lord. So God, I pray right now for every man and woman, every boy and girl, no matter where we're at on the map spiritually, Lord, that you would speak to us, you would draw us, and Lord, you would grow us because we spent time in your word together. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, at first glance, what you see is a letter. At first glance, you see a letter. Here's a letter from the Apostle Paul to these believers in Colossae, to the Colossians, the Colossian Christians. And in it, he's encouraging them. Now, we have no reason to believe that Paul was ever in Colossae. Okay? Uh, we believe that he and Epaphras, you know, connected. And Epaphras was the guy that started the church. But um, Paul never stepped foot there. We have no evidence of that. But he did send them this letter because Epaphras was bragging on what God was doing among them. And so as you read through those first verses, you see here's a group of people, a community of faith that are fairly new, you know, uh, you know they haven't been around for centuries or anything like that. They're newer in their faith. Uh, they have heard the gospel. They heard the good news. The good news, the gospel we know as God forgiving our sins through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that because Jesus died on the cross for our sins and because he rose from the grave to evidence that he had victory over the grave and over sin, those who then believe in Jesus, those who trust in Jesus, have forgiveness. And he's saying, you've received this gospel and you love Jesus and you love one another. And because of this, this hope that you have in heaven, your hope's not in earth. Your hope's not in earthly things. Your hope's in heaven. And because of that, you're growing. And he's saying, as you're growing... Uh, you know, you want to be worthy of the Lord. You want to be pleasing to the Lord. So at first glance, it's a letter, but it's so much more than a letter because when you look back at this, there's one word that keeps popping up. Look at verse three. We always thank God. Well, if you're thanking God, you're praying, right? 
And it says, and when we pray for you, right? Then you go down to verse 9. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking what? This is a prayer. This is is Apostle Paul capturing the way he's praying for the church. And so it's not just, hey, what's up? Here, things are going good. This is like, we're praying for you, and this is how we're praying for you. And it says, well, what is he praying? And this is so beautiful. You go back to to verse 9. It says that um, we're asking, we're praying, if you will, that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. He's saying, I'm praying that you grow, spiritual growth, so that you may walk worthy of the name that you bear. If you're going to call yourself a Christian, you need to walk in such a way that demonstrates and reflects that you love Jesus. Not perfectly, but consistently. Like, that's so important. When we talk about walking for the Lord, we're not talking about perfection, right? We don't walk perfectly, but consistently. And so how can you consistently walk in a way that, that does what? Pleases God. Like, I don't know about you, but I just, I just want to please the Father. I want the Lord to look down on my life and, and be pleased with who I am and what I do and, and how I conduct myself and how I conduct my relationships and how I steward the resources he gave me. I want, I want to be pleasing to the Father. And then basically, he says, here's four ways I'm praying for you to be pleasing to the Father. And I want to look at those four ways with you uh, in this whole context of spiritual growth. The first way he's praying for them is that they would bear fruit for God. How can you be pleasing to God? Fruit for God. And so uh, being a follower of Christ is about doing God's will, and God's will is to produce fruit for his kingdom through good works. Accumulating knowledge doesn't bear fruit. Going to church, you know, once a week, once every couple weeks, once a month, that doesn't bear fruit. That's spiritual activity. What does it mean to actually, like, bear fruit? What is fruit? Well, I think a fruit is both an internal and external thing, Okay. To bear fruit means there's something going on internally, and internally there's transformation. I'm different. Bearing fruit has internal fruit, and so I'm, I'm a changed life. You'll see more holy living coming from me. You'll see a greater desire to obey God coming from me. You'll see me start to praise God, talk about God, and, and, and what he's doing in me starts to work its way out. And so if something happens internally that's a transformation. I start to live new. A lot of times we point to a passage in Galatians 5 that talks about the fruit of the Spirit as evidence of what's going on internally, that there's love and joy and peace and patience, and that there's kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. These are the things that are brewing as God is transforming us among many. And so there's internal fruit because we're becoming different. We're becoming transformed. But the other thing is you see external fruit. You see external fruit from those who are growing. And external fruit means good works. It means serving other people. It means reaching and impacting others for Christ. You're you're sharing Christ and people are responding and they're coming to faith. And remember, we we say this often because without fail, there's probably someone watching online or in this room that's that's still confused on good works. Because uh, most religions will tell you that the reason we do good things, the reason we do good works is to get to God, to get saved to have salvation, to be made right with God. You've got to do good things to be made right with God, and that's just backwards. When you study the Bible, it's very clear. You do good works because you're right with God. You do good works because you're saved. You do good works because you know Jesus, not to get to know Jesus. So when we do good works, we're bearing fruit. We're harvesting fruit for the Lord. Like, look, just think of yourself as having a fruit basket, and at the end of this life, you're going to hand over that fruit basket to God, and he's going to look inside. What do you got? I don't know about you, I don't want to be empty. 
I want to have some fruit to offer to the Lord. And so he's praying here, Colossians, you need to bear fruit for God. You need to have fruit for God. And so he's praying for them that they would do that. So uh, what does that look like in our life? Um, there's so many different ways we serve, but let me just think of a few. So let's say you serve in children's ministry. Let's say you serve in, in student ministry. Let's say you've gone on short-term missions trips. Let's say uh, you're a life group leader. You know what? There are people out there that now know Jesus because you shared Jesus with them. There, there are people that you've shepherded, that you've grown in the faith, that now know the Lord and have grown in the Lord because uh, you've walked through life with them, pointing them to scriptures. Uh, there are leaders out there that you've invested in that now are leading others. That is bearing fruit. And so in the series coming up, we're going to talk about how we can bear fruit for the Lord by growing in our relationship with the Lord, how we can put our faith in action. Now, we're not called to do every good work. We're just called to make every work we do good for the Lord, to bear fruit. So the first prayer request he's saying is give fruit for God. And if that's a good enough prayer for uh, Paul to pray for the Colossians, that's good enough prayer for us to pray for each other, right? That we would bear fruit for God. The second thing you see here as he's praying for them is that they would have knowledge of God. Fruit for God and knowledge of God. Uh, in verse 9, we see here Paul mentions having wisdom and understanding. This is, this is true knowledge. This is spiritual understanding rooted in the wisdom of the Lord, which is growing in greater knowledge of God's will, which is made available through the Holy Spirit because of faith in Christ. And in verse 10 it says, he's, he's asking that they would be increasing in their knowledge of God. That they wouldn't be stagnant, they wouldn't be mediocre, they wouldn't be stuck but they would be increasing in their knowledge of God. This is not a shallow and simple understanding, but a deep and thorough knowledge that matures us and solidifies a strong faith in Christ. Knowledge of God's teaching and ability to apply it. Knowing God, knowing the deeper things of God, knowing his will. Uh, I've, got a, I've got a six-year-old, she'll be seven in January. Uh, I love when we swim, but it's funny because she's swimming in the shallow end and she's paddling around and they're going, look, I can swim. I'm like, let's try this. I pick her up and throw her in the deep end. Now we're swimming, right? And of course, you know, she's, she's fine. She loves it. But once she was in the deep end, she realized like, this is awesome. There's, there's a greater sense of, of, of accomplishment because I'm in the deep end. Some of us are happy swimming in the spiritual shallow end. We just tip our, toe, you know, tip our toe in the water. Look, we're swimming because we can touch the bottom. No, you're not. Get out where you can't touch the bottom and really learn how to swim. And so spiritual growth means, man, we're going to grow in our knowledge of God. Some of you are like, man, what's God's will? What's God's will for my life? Well, this is, this is the prayer, that you would grow in your knowledge of God. You, and if you grow in your knowledge of God, it's in the sense that you know him more, you know him more personally, you're closer to him, you're not going to know the will of God unless you're in the word of God, Right? This is, this is where he's revealed his will. And so uh, if you want to know the will of God, you've got to be in his word, and you need to, that will grow your knowledge of God. And then you start to understand God and how he thinks and what he wants and what his desires are. And it's amazing because we get fixated on, like, God, what's your will for my life? When really the question is, God, uh, how does my life serve your will? Because God's will is going to be played out. He's, he's, not, he's not making his plans according to our script, Right? We should be making our life plan according to his script, which is right here. And so you have to grow in your knowledge of God. And I love how so many of you regularly, enthusiastically engage me, some of our other staff, in sharing with us what God's done. I love it when some of you come up and go, man, I was in the Bible this week. I was reading this verse. Like, God blew my face off. Look what I read. Look what I understood. And God, you know, explained something to me on a deeper level. We love that. What is that? 
Growing in the knowledge of God. Growing in the knowledge of God's word, which will lead to growing in the knowledge of God's will. Like, who doesn't really want that at the core of who we are? And so this is a prayer that Paul's praying for the Colossians, that they would grow in their knowledge of God. And so if that's a good enough prayer for Paul to pray for the Colossians, I think that's a good enough prayer for us to pray for ourselves as well, that we would not only bear fruit for God, but that we would grow in the knowledge of God. Thirdly, we see him asking this in prayer. We see him asking of strength from God. Strength from God. We all know that life is hard. We all know that life is challenging. We all know that life has difficulties. And when we face those difficulties, we basically have two resources, human resource or God's resource, divine resource. And here's the thing. We can make movement depending on human ingenuity. We can see movement and accomplishment with, with human resource, but it always plateaus. It always hits a ceiling. And I love what happens when you come back to verse 11. Like, if you look at verse 11 again, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm going to back it all the way up. Verse 9, look at this prayer. And so from the, the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, and here's our things, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, and may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Man, that's tapping into God's ability to bring patience and endurance into our life. If we only depend on human, the human ability for resilience, it's just a weak source. Impatience in us is weak. I'm sure none of you have ever been impatient. I'm sure with the amount of marriages represented in this room, you're both looking at each other going, I can't ever think of a moment you've been impatient with me. Impatience is the revealing of our human weakness. Lack of endurance, when all of a sudden we tap out when things get hard, is a revealing of our human weakness. But what God is saying is, if you have relationship with me, if you know me, then you will have at your access my power from my glorious might. And you tap into what God makes available. And many of you have experienced this kind of strength. Many of you have experienced this kind of stamina and endurance from the Lord. It's just different between human and divine. Uh, Let me give you an example. I was having a conversation with a man this week. One of the conversations I've been listening in a little bit more to uh, the last couple weeks is just related to the heroin epidemic that we see in our uh, community. I mean, we know it's it's just an epidemic right now. And it's growing. And so all of us could probably think of someone we know or someone we know that knows someone that has been touched by the heroin epidemic on one level or another. And I was talking to a man who had addiction issues. He, he dodged the bullet of heroin, but he had other addiction issues. And he's been sober and clean for many, many years. But he made this distinction as we were talking. He said, you know what? I got sober, but I didn't get healed. He goes, I got clean, but I wasn't healed. Why? Because you get clean and sober with human power. You can you can get clean, you can get sober by just, you know, I'm going to try harder, I'm going to avoid, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But you're still a walking dead person. You're not healed yet. You know, in the Bible it talks about taking off the old life and putting on the new, right? Well, you can take off the old life, but if you never put on the new, you're still a sitting dead duck, right? And so when you come into relation with Christ, that's how you put the new on. The new is not available to you. You don't have access to the new until you're in relationship with Jesus. And so you can get clean, you can get sober and go, look at me. But it's like, well, you took off the old but now there's no new. But once you have access to the endurance, the patience that God provides through relationship with Jesus, you put on the new, and he goes, once I had Christ in my life, he goes, then I was clean, sober, and healed. And so the healing comes from divine strength. 
from divine relationship, not human. And so, man, you just can see the Apostle Paul pouring out his heart in prayer, saying, Lord, I'm praying for these Colossians. Hey, guys, I'm going to tell you how I'm praying for you. I'm going to tell you how I'm praying for you. He's saying, I'm asking that you will bear fruit for God. I'm asking that you will grow in knowledge of God. I'm asking that you will have strength from God because life's going to be tough. And if you study the life of Paul, you know he knows that life can be tough. But that you'll weather the storm because of the power you have through your relationship with the Lord. And then he asks this, the last thing. He says, I'm also asking that you would have gratitude to God. Fruit for God, knowledge of God, strength from God, and gratitude to God. Look at verse 12. After this whole endurance and patience, he says, giving thanks to the Father. Giving thanks to the Father. He's saying, man, you guys need to give thanks to the Father. And, and here's the deal. Our level of gratitude to God is a gauge of our spiritual maturity. Our gratitude to God reveals where we're at spiritually because there's always things to be unhappy about, right? Like we can just sit here and commiserate for hours about like, well, I wish I had more money. I wish I had more health. I wish I had this. I wish I had that. And those are legit felt needs in our life, life a lot of times. But where's the gratitude for all that God's provided? You know, there's that phrase that's been out there for a long time. It's like, what if you woke up tomorrow with only the things you thank God for today? Some of us are like, ooh, I wouldn't have much, <laughs> you know? Do we thank God? And, and Paul could have just gone on and on and on, but he just goes to the top of the food chain. Paul just goes to the top of the list. Okay, let's thank God. Let's go to the, just one reason we can thank God, and that's for our salvation, for the salvation of our souls. Like, if, if God did nothing else but save our souls, would that be enough to make us happy? Would that be enough? Yes, it is. And so that we're looking at this going, look, look at the reason we have to be happy. Look at the words that just jump off this page for a second. It says that you uh, give thanks to the Father who has qualified you. Well, in order to be qualified, that means at one point you were disqualified. Like, look, we're all disqualified from heaven. We've all been DQ'd because of sin. We have the audacity to think that we're going to stand before God one day going, well, I've been a good person. And he's just going to laugh. Really? Because, I mean, if, we're, if, if we only sin three times a day, that's a thousand sins a year. I don't know about you. I sin a lot more than three, you know, three bad thoughts. That's it. You're done. That's a thousand sins a year. Let's say you live to 80. 80,000 sins. I've been a good person. Have fun with that. Dude, we're a mess. We're a hot mess. And God's looking at us going, you've been disqualified, but that's okay because I love you. And I love you so much that I came down, I died on the cross for your sins. And I rose from the grave to make a way to qualify you. That if you believe in me, man, your sins will be forgiven and you'll be made new. He's qualified us. We want to say he's qualified us to what? To receive an inheritance. To receive an inheritance of light. And then he goes on in this language that we were, we were, we were um, in dark. He's delivered us from the domain of darkness. Like before Christ, man, our minds are dark. Our hearts are dark. Our wills are dark. Our future's dark. Our thoughts are dark. Our desires are dark. And what has happened is he's delivered us out of the darkness into the light. An inheritance of heaven, inheritance of light. We go on and on and on. That's like a whole other message series about the light of God, you know. He's delivered us from that. And he goes on and on. Look at these amazing words. He's qualified us. He's delivered us. Um, he's transferred us to the kingdom. Like transferred. Like we've been moved. 
Once you believe in Christ, you've been moved from this domain of darkness to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. Don't lose sight of the deeper meanings when you see this. In his son, he's speaking of Jesus, right? In Jesus, we have redemption and forgiveness of sins, which means in no other name do you have redemption or forgiveness of sins. No other name. By the way, if you're trusting in your good works, that means you're trusting in your name. That the forgiveness of sins and redemption comes in your name. Well, have fun with that. It's only through the name of Christ. So, so he's saying, show thanks to the Father, gratitude, if anything, just for salvation. But then, of course, we know we can make a long list of things under salvation that we're grateful for to God for. These are ways that the Apostle Paul is praying for a church. I'm going on the eve, if you will, of three months of spiritual growth that we're hoping and praying for and working toward. I looked at this prayer, and I went, man, if Paul is praying this for these early believers, the Colossians, that sounds like a good prayer for us, that we too would be praying that we would have fruit for God, knowledge of God, strength from God, and gratitude to God. So here's what I want to do. Uh, this might be where sometimes you say, so remember those four prayers, and you spend the next you know, week trying to pray for those things. No, we're going to actually spend some time now praying for those things. Like, like we, we need to pray. We need to come to God. And so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to invite some friends up to join me here in a minute. And, and some of these are just the pastors, their elders, their staff. They're just folks that are in CVC that love to pray, that, that, that are spiritually mature. And they're going to pray those four things over us in a minute. But before we do, I want to give you guys time to pray. Just give you some time with the Father. And, and, and I believe that he's told you something in this time. He's put something on your heart to, to pray for. Maybe one of those four things, or maybe it's a, a domino effect from one of those things that the Lord's just touching you and just, just talk to him a little bit. And so I'm going to give you guys some time to just talk to the Lord, pray to the Lord. If you don't know Christ, this is a great opportunity for you to get right with God through Christ. You can just tell the Lord, Lord, I'm, I'm lost, I'm sinful. I'm, this whole qualified, redeemed thing, like that's, that's for me. And you can just tell him right here, right now, in your own words, in your own timing, Lord, I believe. I believe. I want to follow Jesus. I need Christ. I need all the things I've heard about. So Lord, I'm taking that first step of coming to you. And if you do that, do me a favor. Before you leave today, all of you have a program. There's a response card in that program. On the back of that response card is, is a little uh, um, section that you can mark receiving Christ. If, if you would like to receive Christ as your Savior and you want to talk about that or you're making that decision today, would you tell us so we can get in touch with you and tell you how to grow, you know? And we'd love to partner with you and, and, and help equip you to grow in Christ. If you're online watching and that's the desire of your heart, you can reach out to us at connect at cbconline.org. So right now, I just want you guys, you just spend some time with the Lord right now. Just spend a couple minutes, you talk to the Lord, you pray, and then in a few minutes, uh, we're going to enter into a led prayer time with some of our friends. So right now, uh, this is your time. I invite you to bow your head, close your eyes. Nothing magical about that. The reception doesn't get better. It just helps us focus. But you right now, just spend some time talking to the Lord, praying through these things as the Lord leads in your heart. Dear Lord, as we gather here, we are transforming every day because you are our Savior. You, Lord, have come into our lives. You have a will for us, and we need to follow your will, Lord. We need to bear the fruit of new life 
as we launch this study, Lord. Show us your path, Lord. We know your love is so high, so deep, so broad that we could never comprehend it, Lord. But as we feel your love, we want to grow and love you more and know you more. And through that love, we want to outpour love to others, Lord, so that we can grow in knowledge of you and show love to others and help them, Lord, and support them and guide them as you guide us. Thank you, Lord, for all you do in our lives, for the guidance you give us, for saving us, for showing us what it means to open our hearts and to grow in knowledge of you. We want to bear fruit for you, Lord. We want to be your servants. We want to be your beloved children. So thank you for all you do. In the name of your beloved son, Jesus. Father, I come rejoicing from the fact that when we were dead in our transgressions and we were lost, that you came and you awakened us and you breathed life into our dead, dry bones. And we were illuminated and we came to understand who you were and who you are, your goodness, your kindness, your faithfulness, your love that you have for each and every one that you've created. Father, help us to know you more. As we read your word, Lord, may it be written on our hearts that out of the overflow of our hearts comes our knowledge of who you are, that we can be secure that you are the one who is leading us and guiding us, and that we can know that we are beloved by you. Father, I just pray that as, as we seek you, Lord, we would trust in you that you would indeed make our path straight. So, Lord, write these things on our hearts. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's living and active. We thank you that it shows us who we are and it shows us who you are and our need for you. Lord, illuminate your character to us, your goodness, your kindness, and all the things that make who you are so wonderful. Illuminate those things to us that we may know you more. We love you. We pray this in your name. Thank you, God, for this journey that you've given us in this world. But it is a fallen world. And it's hard. We're in a dry and weary land where there is no water. And we find ourselves weak, knees wobbly, hands frail. And so some of us give up and fail and others of us try hard and we do more and we fail even more miserably Lord what we need is not to give up or to try harder but we need your strength because you said in your word when we are weak then we are strong because we find our strength in you so, Father, for those of us in this room here who have given up, let us lift our eyes, sky our eyes to you and find strength from you. And for others of us who are trying harder in our own strength, I pray that you'd show us an end to our own strength, the beginning of yours. 
so that you would build into us endurance and patience and steadfastness, that we would stay the course and that we would run this race with joy. So God, we can't do this apart from you. We need the strength of the Holy Spirit. Not by might, not by power, but by your Spirit. Make it happen for us, Lord, over these next three months. Make us stronger in Christ. We pray it in His name. Heavenly Father, how great and majestic you are, Lord. You are the creator of our universe. You give us life. You give us breath. You give us a new day each and every day. And Father God, your greatness, how great you are to have taken us from, delivered us from darkness and transferred us to your kingdom. And Lord, we pray that you continue to transform us, Lord, and we're thankful, Lord, for all that you do, Lord. Lord, the, the voices of a million angels can't express my gratitude for all that you do and for all that I am, Lord. You've made us, and you made us in your image, Lord, and may we return that back to you, Lord. May a spirit of thanksgiving be at the center of our being. May we be thankful for every situation, every circumstance, good or bad, Lord, because it causes us to turn to you depend on you and be thankful for what you do for you deliver us and grow us and love us in every single situation and father i pray for us lord that we would love you and that we would thank you from the center of our beings each and every day not just today not just for these 13 weeks but for our whole entire lives we pray this in your name Well, Father, thank you for the call to grow us. God, thank you for your love. You're awesome, God. You're so good to us. We don't deserve your grace, your mercy, your forgiveness. You just pour it out. You lavish it upon us, Lord God. Such undeserving creatures, merely recipients of your grace. God, thank you for pouring out on us. Lord, we pray for our church over the next few months, Lord, that we truly would experience a growth spurt as individuals, as a community. Lord, whatever would hold us back, whatever obstacles are in the way, Lord God, would you strip those things? Lord, for anyone here, anyone who's watching who doesn't know Jesus Christ as Savior, Lord God, would you call to them? Would you bring understanding to their mind, conviction to the heart, and draw them, Lord? And God, then show them the, the realness of your love, the power of your grace and mercy, Lord. You can convict them, draw them to repentance and belief. God, we pray that we will bear fruit for you. God, we pray that we will have a greater knowledge of you. Lord, we pray that we will experience strength from you. Lord God, we pray that you will continue to hear gratitude to you from us. And God, we want to pray for our leaders right now. And I just want to ask, if you're a life group leader, would you just stand? Anywhere, balconies, floors. If you're a life group leader, stand. We want to pray for you for a minute, all the life group leaders. You're going to be leading the charge in the front lines over the next few months. Lord God, thank you for these life group leaders. Leading boys and girls, leading men and women, Lord, leading marriages, leading individuals, Lord, leading families, Lord, leading hurt people, Lord, leading mature people. Lord God, we pray for these leaders right now, God, that you allow them to especially experience growth in these next few months, Lord. God, thank you that you've called us to equip leaders in the church and raise them up. God, thank you for these people being willing 
to serve and to sacrifice and to invest, Lord. We know that they're taking on extra demands as they open up their homes or as they come here, Lord God, and just make themselves available to pour into the lives of others. Lord God, would you give them the knowledge and the wisdom that they need, Lord, to lead others? God, would you shield them from the attacks of the enemy, Lord, that would try to take them out of the picture through emotional discouragement or physical um, opposition, Lord? God, we thank you for these people. We pray for them, Lord. Bless them in a special way. And so, God, put your hand upon our church and grow us. We want to learn more about you. We want to become more like you. We thank you for the gifts we're about to receive, Lord. I pray that you would take these gifts and multiply them for the work of your kingdom so that more people can experience new life in Christ. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. We all sit together.